G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, always good to touch base with the Australian Christian Lobby who are across this week's political agenda and Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the ACL, joining us. Hi, Martin. Welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. Good to be with you again. Uh, Martin, a few weeks since we spoke because I've had a week off and uh, you had a couple of weeks off before that and uh, no doubt you're nicely refreshed and back into the fray. There's lots of things that are happening. Let's start with things that are developing in Tasmania where the euthanasia debate has taken a bit of an ugly turn. Uh, what are your thoughts around what's been developing in Tasmania? Well, uh, you know, we've had a couple of Australian states go down the euthanasia pathway already in Victoria and Western Australia, so... Uh, the spread is on, I think, uh, although in places like Tasmania, um, smaller states with uh, you know, better access to those in decision-making positions, uh, it's a lot easier to meet with them and to convince them and speak to them about the dangers of euthanasia, which are very apparent. I mean, it's one of these policies that presents, as so many of these things do, as something that's very humanitarian, something that makes a lot of sense if, you want, if you're interested in alleviating suffering, but you know, you start to scratch away at the surface and you realise, well, actually, it's a disastrous idea. The medical profession already has uh, more than enough means by which they can alleviate suffering. There is already uh, an excellent tradition of medical practice around uh, palliative care and things like that, which deals with uh, all of the issues that are being raised by the euthanasia proponents. But I guess when you run out of uh, argument, uh, you, you start to attack your opponent personally. And there's been a bit of that take place, I think. Mike Gaffney, MLC from Tasmania, did an uh, interview with the Australian Secular Lobby. I don't know whether I should be flattered that they've copied our name in some respect or not, but, oh, yeah. but he, did an inter- he did an interview with them. And he said, uh, he said that no religious group should feel as though they should be able to influence policy making in Australia. And uh, so they're attacking sort of the faith of the people who are opposed to euthanasia, or they're, they're, they're saying that people of faith shouldn't have a voice on this subject. And that, you know, that's a concerning trend that we see that sort of thing said a lot more. A lot of people say, oh, well, it's all about the separation of church and state. But the, the separation of church and state is not the separation of religion and politics. Now, the separation of church and state just means that the church isn't the state and the state isn't the church. You know, you don't have the state going to, into churches and saying, well, you should meet on a different day or you should do communion differently or you should, you know, have Sunday school in that room and not this room. Well, that's the church's business, how the church runs the church. And then with the state, you don't have the church a guaranteed seat in parliament or anything like that. But people of faith are not excluded from democracy. People of faith are not excluded from having a voice in the public square. Uh, if that were so, then you'd have a two-class society. You'd have people of faith who can't be part of democracy, and then you'd have people who have no faith who'd be out there voting and speaking into these issues, which is completely absurd. Everybody brings their beliefs, their worldview, their presuppositions and their values to their politics. Uh, and so for Mike Gaffney to say that, you know, 
uh, that, that, that people of faith can't influence public policy is it, very concerning uh, because what he's saying is, well, you know, go home and sit down and stop voting. <laughs> that's not possible. So, you know, that's something that needs to be clarified, I think, uh, in, in light of those comments. Martin, oftentimes we'll think of the Christian church as being the conscience of a nation. And there is this idea of right and wrong and who decides what is right and who decides what is wrong. And as soon as you divorce the church from that decision-making process, uh, you divorce the conscience and uh, really anything goes. So there is a certain sense in which uh, Mike Gaffney's shown his true colours here. Uh, the criticism there, get rid of the religious thought, get rid of the Christian ideal. Uh, what are your thoughts for the fact that there is that sort of move to separate? Is that just a, is that just a symptom of our more secularising of our nation, do you think? Oh, definitely. I think that there is an ever-growing divide between, uh, I think, the goals of people uh, in, in politics uh, and, and I guess what the Bible says, <laughs> there's a lot of people that have got into politics because they want to fundamentally change society. And if you want to fundamentally change society, you're not going to be very happy about the things that people like churches and Christian people say, because very often what the, the values we have are, are time-honoured values. They're values that these guys want to change. And I guess you're right, Neil, too. I mean, the scripture says that righteousness exalts a nation. Um, and the question then comes back, well, what is righteousness? And I actually think that's, that probably is a big part of the debate we're having today. What is true? What is right? What is good? Uh, and the arguments over things like euthanasia and other controversial social issues really come down to that question. Uh, and we as the church or we as Christian people, you know, we, we read the scriptures and we see what God says about what is good. Uh, and so we go into society and we, we tell people this is what's good. And also we can explain why it's good because the research and social science actually backs us up. Uh, and backs up God's ways, and that is the way in which uh, we can be the social, we can be the conscience of the nation, uh, and we can call the nation back to righteousness. It's very, very important. Uh, I think it's important that that voice continue in society, uh, because without it, uh, people won't know what is right and what is wrong, and you'll have that problem you've got in Isaiah five twenty, where uh, God says, "Woe to those who call good evil and evil good." You'll have the moral compass all messed up, and uh, and that's a very dangerous thing. And, of course, uh, Christians, the church, we have 2,000 years of runs on the board. Not that we always got things right, but uh, in all of that time, uh, lots of ways that we can look at our own history, our own values, and the application of those to a society. So, uh, very significant. Hey, let's stay with Tasmania for a few moments, Martin, because uh, there's now a legal challenge against a proposed teen challenge, drug addiction retreat. Uh, what's the controversy here? Yeah, well, Teen Challenge is a uh, well. It's, it's all around the world, actually, and they, um, they, they, they. One of the many ministries they're involved with is that they actually run drug and alcohol rehabilitation centres, and they are a Christian not-for-profit. Uh, and they have a few of these centres in Australia. They have domestic violence shelters and these sorts of things. They're wanting to build one of their facilities in Tasmania uh, so that they can have a facility there specifically for women. Uh, who are fleeing domestic violence, who need drug and alcohol rehabilitation help and things like that. It's the sort of thing that the community would normally welcome. Um, but uh, it turns out that there are some, uh, you know, quote-unquote concerned citizens in this local area who have uh, given Teen Challenge uh, just a heck of a time uh, and have been, have been going into the press and criticising them, have been lodging all sorts of complaints in council, have been stopping them with legal, legal process and 
oh, it's been going on for so long. And the latest one is that they've got to the Supreme Court of Tasmania and they've managed to have this facility uh, knocked back on some technicality around bushfire planning. But all along, the actual hostility has been on the basis of the fact that it's a Christian organisation. And one of the activists has just admitted in the press that that's really uh, their concern, that this is a Christian organisation and they have a Christian ethos and they actually bring the gospel into what they do when these troubled women come in for help. Uh, and I think that's a wonderful thing. And it's something that um, it's something that really it would be an incredible contribution to the Tasmanian community. Uh, this is important because that whole idea of an organisation with a Christian ethos, that whole idea is a really important one. Uh, it's not like we want special privilege. There's organisations with political ethoses out there. There's organisations out there with different religious ethoses. There's organisations out there with an LGBT ethos even and you know, LGBT legal sense and all sorts of things. Not unusual. And the religious discrimination bill at a federal level would protect that. So that's something worth considering that these sorts of Christian entities continue, can continue to exist and be Christian. But also, I think, um, you know, people are praying people that to pray for Teen Challenge in sort of the trouble that they're having down there. It's been going on for some time. They're hopeful that they can get through it. But, uh, yeah, you know, pray that this uh, they're given the wisdom to know how to get through this. And someone ought to check the statistics on the success rates that Teen Challenge have in getting people through drug addiction problems. Uh, as I understand it, and I don't have any figures in front of me, but uh, very, very high. And uh, for those who are thinking or you have someone in mind who is going through a drug addiction right now, get in touch with Teen Challenge. And, and of course, as you mentioned, Martin, they are a not-for-profit organisation. They do rely on support coming from the community and, uh, and no doubt some uh, support would be very good there and especially for the establishment of that centre there in Tasmania. Hey, let's move on. Uh, South Australia and uh, on religious freedom issues here, uh, Martin, uh, a move to... Uh, to uh, during a debate on those no-go zones around South Australian abortion clinics and uh, the idea of not allowing any silent prayer. I mean, this is concerning in itself, but what's happening in South Australia? Yeah, well, South Australia, again, is following what some of the other states have done, which is to bring in what they call bubble zones. So uh, within 150 metres sort of radius of an abortion clinic, um, you know, you're not allowed to communicate on the subject of abortion in a way that can be seen or heard, but the technicalities of the legislation make it very, very broad indeed. Um, and, yeah, you're right, Neil. One of the things that uh, it would ban is silent prayer within the zone. Um, in fact, we have already had a case in the ACT of a man who was standing silently with his hands in his pockets, doing absolutely nothing. You would never have understood that he was even praying, but he was just standing there, and police officers approached him and said to him, mate, what are you doing? Uh, and he said, I'm praying. And they arrested him and charged him for, uh, quote, unquote, communicating on the subject of abortion <laughs> in, a, yeah. in an exclusion zone. Now, now that case never, never actually got through to court, um, but uh, the precedent is there for that having happened. And the wording of the South Australian legislation is such that we believe that silent prayer would definitely be included. So you see, this is very draconian. Um, this is a situation where they're saying you can't even pray in certain places. Um, as a precedent, that's, that's alarming. Uh, and I do think anyone who's listening in South Australia, um, just get in touch with your local MP's office and just explain that this is, this is not good enough. Uh, you think of the groups that do 
uh, stand near clinics and pray and do things like that. It's a good thing. They're not intimidating anyone. They're not being a problem. They're just trying to do good. And uh, indeed, I know of many of those groups who have uh, actually been able to help women and so forth who have been approaching those clinics. So, uh, look, it, 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 it's, it's a law that's just completely unnecessary because if people were causing any trouble, the police could get move them on. Uh, but it is a law that nonetheless uh, is being considered and goes way too far. And the idea of thought police, because silent prayer typically is a prayer that's going on in the mind of the individual. And, uh, trying to uh, trying to stamp that out, I mean, it's it's an impossibility anyway. Uh, but to say, you know, why are you standing here? And to say, well, I'm having a silent, quiet prayer, it does sound ridiculous that for that you can be arrested in South Australia. Uh, let's talk about uh, the ACL. Uh, you had your fundraiser in the lead up to the end of the financial year. I, I wonder whether that went uh, well for you, Martin. Are, are you, did you fall short of your mark, or what was the, what was your plan there? Just uh, just quickly before we talk about some other things. Oh, look! I, everyone who gave to that, thank you very much. Uh, and I know that other groups like Vision Radio and that have end of year appeals, and, and and there's a lot of us out there with a the handout saying, you know, uh, if you love what we do, please help. I'm so glad that so many Australians uh, seem to love what ACL does. So we had a goal of, uh, I think it was 1.5 million or something in that order, and, and, and we exceeded it significantly. So uh, we're very, very fortunate. We're very, very blessed. And I do want people to know that whatever they gave, um, it was important because we didn't uh, raise that money because of a whole bunch of tiny, a whole bunch of, um, we didn't raise that money because of a few really, really well-heeled donors who gave big amounts. We raised that money because... Uh, something like thirteen and a half thousand people gave tiny amounts, so that was um, that was incredible to see. Uh, very, very encouraging, and it just means that there's a bunch of things I wanted to do this year that I can now do. So um, stay tuned for some exciting new projects. Yeah, and, but uh, no, thanks for the for the acknowledgement of that, Neil. And, and as you say, uh, where you've got the grassroots supporting organisations like the ACL and you mentioned Vision Radio too and yes we're all very thankful to people who go that extra uh, little and make a donation and uh, oftentimes they're not people making huge donations but lots of mums and dads in that sense of giving a smaller donation to make things happen so uh, yes honour to those donors who are who are excited about what's coming in the financial year ahead for the Australian Christian Lobby recognising there are some big battles to be fought. Hey there's some elections coming up too. Let's touch on uh, the Northern Territory election coming up on the 22nd of August. Uh, what are your thoughts around what's developing there, Martin? Well, it's hard to say in these smaller jurisdictions, you know, in terms of uh, you know exactly where they will go, and they tend to swing this way and that quite a lot. I guess the interesting thing about the Northern Territory uh, this time around is that there's a third party in the mix, um, and... Um, uh, it's led by, I'm just trying to, his name's Terry something, and it's just forgotten. I've just forgotten his surname. But he, anyway, those who are familiar with Northern Territory politics will know exactly who I mean, because he used to be the Northern Territory Chief Minister, and he's actually leading that party, the Northern Territory Alliance. Uh, and there's a bunch of people involved with that uh, who are Christian folk uh, and who see the troubles that the Northern Territory has, particularly the social troubles, uh, and are really keen to get in there. And, uh, and, and do what they can to bring restoration uh, and, and to help the community. So that third party is quite a force uh, in this election. So you've got the country Liberal Party, you've got Labor, and then you've got uh, uh, 
uh, and then you've got uh, the Northern Territory Alliance, the third party. So that'll be interesting to watch, Neil, and, and who knows, we might get some more Christians in Parliament who are speaking clearly about that righteousness that exalts a nation, as we were talking before. Yes, and uh, while all eyes will be on that Northern Territory election 22nd of August, there's also an election coming up in the ACT and also in the Queensland state election a little later this year in October. So uh, uh, there'll be lots to talk about in the lead up to those elections. But hey, let's cast our eyes over the seas for a few moments uh, in the USA. And you might have uh, had heard all about this and you might have had a chance to unpack some things uh, even last well, last week, about a week or so ago, the uh, the born-again rapper Kanye West uh, put his hand up uh, to say that he was going to be a candidate for the uh, for the U.S. presidency. Uh, what are your thoughts on on him and that move, Martin? Well, you know, um, Neil, as they say, fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in America, yeah. things things get more and more interesting, don't they? Um, but yeah, you're right, yeah. Kanye West of all people, is what he's end up and said, "I want to be president of the United States of America." Now, it's very much an open question as to whether or not he can actually achieve that. I think that the registration process in nine states has already finished. Uh, but uh, you know, he wants to do that. Uh, now, here's an interesting twist. If he did do that, before I comment on whether I think he's a great candidate, <laughs> yes. but, but, but if he did do that, uh, it, it, people are saying it would probably guarantee a Trump win because Kanye would attract a huge portion uh, of what they say call the black vote over there, which is, you know, there's the Hispanic, the black and the white vote. It's a big thing in American politics. They, they go different ways. Uh, and the black vote tends to go uh, overwhelmingly to the Democrats. It has done for some time. Uh, and uh, and if Kanye were in place, it would swing to him and take votes off Joe Biden. That would be the major legacy of Kanye's run. Uh, and so people are saying, well, this is going to guarantee a Trump presidency if he goes for it or if he can pull it off. Um, I'm not sure if he will go for it, actually. Kanye's, a, uh, we'll call him a larger-than-life, charismatic and colourful character uh, and says things like this all the time. Uh, but... Uh, uh, I would say that, you know, to run, to be the president of the USA takes a very, very extraordinary person uh, who has tremendous abilities uh, in many areas like business and finance and public policy and all that kind of thing. It's an absolutely brutal job. Uh, and I'm not sure that Kanye, I mean, he's a magnificent musician. I was very glad to hear him profess his faith recently and all the rest of it. I've got nothing against Kanye, but I really don't think uh, that he's the kind of guy who uh, is, is uh, of presidential material, if I could put it that way. I mean, the thing about Trump is people didn't like him, thought he was a maverick and all the rest of it. But my goodness, he's a he's an experienced businessman and he's a global personality who understands the world. And of course, that qualified him straight away. And we'll keep our eyes on Kanye. And, of course, he released Christian albums. Uh, the latest one, I think, as some are saying, this uh, bid for the presidency might well be the best publicity he'll get for his latest album. But uh, he did certainly take a very bold step in moving into Christian music and, and conducting Sunday services. And anyone who's seen any of the Kanye West music will recognise that actually, hey, it's it's not bad. And as the 
sorts of things that are reflected in the lyrics of those Christian songs, uh, we might all say are pretty, actually pretty good. And there's a lot of money that uh, is behind Kanye West and, of course, his wife, uh, Kim Kardashian. It's like uh, running for the presidency. These days you've got to be billionaire status, and I think they actually have that sort of level. So uh, nothing can be ruled out there, Martin. No, you're quite right. Nothing can be ruled out. And, and you're right, Neil. I, I was really encouraged reading the lyrics of his Christian songs and hearing the things he had been saying and listening to a pastor that had a fair bit to do with him. His conversion sounds, you know, very genuine. Uh, and that's great. I wonder whether uh, we give it another 20 years and he might be in a situation where uh, he could... He could he could be matured enough to, to do this really well. You never know. Hey, uh, let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website where you can follow through on some of these issues we've been talking about today. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. It's acl.org.au. Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. Martin, thanks so much for your update once again today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.